Hey, welcome to another exciting edition of the Give Me Liberty podcast. By the way, all editions of the Give Me Liberty podcast are super exciting. No joke, John Benzinger, pastor of Redeemer Bible Church out in Arizona, is coming on to talk about his new book, Stand, Christianity versus Social Justice. Really important conversation, especially for students and parents, but also pastors. This is something that we've been dealing with for several years now. COVID exposed a lot of it, exposed it in education, also in churches, churches that were all too eager to go on lockdown, to listen to the NIH and Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci and all of those people. All of a sudden, they were virtue signaling. What was going on in this larger movement that is called social justice? Some of the things that John Benzinger brings up are super important. And it's all on the Give Me Liberty podcast, starting now. Hey, welcome back to the Give Me Liberty podcast. And I have my special guest, Pastor John Benzinger. He is the the senior pastor of Redeemer Bible Church in Gilbert, Arizona. Pastor John, great to see you. It's good to see you too, Ryan. Always great to see you. Well, I'm uh, I'm just excited to get you up out of bed in the morning. I know you pastors don't like to wake up in the morning. You don't have quiet time or prayer. You know your cushy jobs, and and I'm kidding, obviously. But you're you, you drop the kids off at school, right? This morning. Yep. Good morning. Drop the kids off at school and go to the office. That's awesome. That's awesome. And by the way, I know anybody who's listening, to this, I'm obviously kidding. Pastors do a <laughs> lot of work. Sometimes they have times, you know, a little bit of extra time to write a book. Uh, most of the time they don't. So anyway, I'm, I'm super excited to talk about your new book, Stand Social, uh, Social Justice Versus Christianity. Did I, did I get that right? Or is it Christianity Versus yeah. Social Justice? Yeah. Thanks so much for writing this book. Um, wonderful. I, I, you know, I had the opportunity to read it. Um, super excited, but I wanted to share it with our audience and uh, talk a little bit about for them and for their hearing why this is so important. Why did you decide to write it? Well, thank you, Ryan. It is an honor to be here. And I wrote the book because it actually grew out of a sermon series that I did. I, I started seeing the social justice movement really come to the forefront in the summer of 2020, just like everybody else saw. And in all honesty, for five years, I sat there wondering, okay, when are our watchmen going to respond to this? When are our watchmen going to call this out? They called out everything else. I've been a Christian for almost uh, 27 years now. And so in that time, I saw our watchmen call out things like the prosperity movement, the new atheism, homosexual agenda, postmodernism, the emergent church, open theism. I saw all of this for my Christian life. And so as I'm seeing this come out, the social justice movement, I'm thinking, okay, it's they're 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 gonna respond soon. You know, just wait. It's it's they're, they're they've responded to everything else. And unfortunately, I kept waiting, except for a few um, exceptions, very courageous exceptions. For the most part, evangelicalism not only didn't didn't address this and refute it, which is what it deserves, they embraced it, started mm-hmm. promoting it. Yeah. And that started happening in churches around here in Arizona, large churches. And so finally, I... 
I came to the conclusion I need to say something about this. I have training in postmodern philosophy. So when I saw all of this stuff, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a shock that what is all this and should we integrate this with Christianity? It's like, no, I know where all of this is coming from. This is garbage. We need to refute it and get it out of here. But I kept waiting. And I, and I waited for over five years until finally in 2020, I said, that's it. I've got to protect the flock here at this church. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going to preach a series called Stand, Christianity versus Social Justice. I didn't want there to be any ambiguity as to where I stood on this issue and where the church was going to stand on the issue. And what it did was it caused hundreds of people to flock to the church because their churches were going woke, their trusted pastors were becoming derelict in their duties and so they're going well, where do we even go is there even a church that's safe and once that series hit people were sharing it all over the place and people were finding out i i'm, I'm going to be safe at redeemer and so i'm going to go there so so it started with with the big picture what was going on and then it was small picture as we're getting to the end of 2020 i'm talking to parents tears in their eyes saying my daughters who spent 18 years homeschooled had yeah. their first semester of college and they're completely woke and they're calling us privileged oppressors because we're white i talked to another family tears in the mom's eyes we're about to go to thanksgiving our son has gone woke we're we don't even know how this is going to go talk to another young woman who said her job is woke her school is woke her family is woke church is the only place where she's safe so yeah. i started doing these things too on the more personal level and went i got to address this yeah I, I really appreciate you covered a lot there and I do want to kind of go back a little bit and some of the things that you said because um, I, I, we got to address this. One of those is the fact that you actually were trained in some postmodern philosophy. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, so when I was in college, I believed that our, our, our culture was becoming post-Christian. So I said to myself, I need to understand the Bible and I need to understand my 21st century American culture. So before going to seminary, but after college in the middle, I got a master's degree in postmodern philosophy. So I was reading Foucault and Derrida and Wittgenstein and Rorty and all these postmodern philosophers, which, which much of what's the social justice movement now, it came from. On top of that, I did that at a law school. So we were we were exposed to things like critical theory back in the day, critical legal theory. We're exposed to some of the writings in that as well. So as well as hot button issues like racism, abortion and things like that, all in this master's degree. So so I had that training. I have that background. So when I started seeing things like IVP promoting Black Lives Matter and uh, reading some of the things they were saying, I'm going, oh, I, I know what this is. This is th this will be addressed. I, I don't need to worry about it. Our, our big guns will address this, the Al Mohler types, like they're going to address this. So uh, we'll, we'll be fine. And mm -hmm. uh, like I said, just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. Respond. You know, it's interesting when you think about what transpired in 2020 and 2021. And I do think that there are evangelical churches that are rather shallow 
and what they're looking at is they're seeing trends in conversation. They might see trends on Twitter, you know, hashtag this or hashtag that, whatever it might be. They're looking at, you know, what the major publications are putting out. You, you mentioned IVP. I'm thinking if, if you've been like Christianity Today or, you know, the, the metaverse of blogs uh, for the evangelical uh, leaders uh, within the conservative side, conservative, put that in square scare quotes, but like the gospel coalition, right? And, you know, it, it, it's rather gimmicky. They're following a trend rather than leading out on front and speaking truth into that moment. And so instead of speaking against social justice, it was rather, how can we, how could we get the reins on this and maybe ride the coattails of the social justice movement and start speaking into these issues of radical subjectivism, victimization, you know, uh, I, I love what Vody Bauckham calls ethnic Gnosticism. They, you know, it was almost like, let's latch on to certain slogans. And I don't mean this, that they were postmodern deconstructing like these philosophers, um, mm -hmm. but rather unwittingly, uh, they were kind of uh, useful idiots, if you will, to promote something that was absolutely destructive to the church, kind of playing around with it like it's a ball of yarn and not really taking the threat all that seriously. Did you, did, that's at least my observation. Yeah. I don't know what you observed as well. I don't think yeah. everybody had ultimate nefarious intent, though I do think some do, Yes. But there were a lot of folks who were just like, I don't know what this is, but maybe it's useful. I can make a sermon series out of it and get people into my church. Yeah, that, what I've learned, not just being a Christian for 27 years, but talking, having a ton of, of men speak into my life in college and seminary and graduate school and all of that, is that evangelicalism is a fad movement. Me, it it latches onto fads, it latches onto celebrities in a way that is incredibly unthinking and uncritical. And so when when so-and-so says, when, when, when some big teacher says something, it becomes a, a tribal thing. It becomes a, I'm, I'm a part of this tribe, he's a leader in this tribe, so whatever he says, it's gotta be true. And so what ended up happening at this time is that this this heretical movement, this this false religion, got into Christianity, and people who were trusted for past um, teaching, for past fights for the truth, they embraced it, started promoting it, and or tried to take a third way with it, and then within evangelicalism, it created the split. Those who are right. going to follow those leaders and those who aren't. And once that split took over in the midst of the larger culture, now with cancel culture, there's no dialogue on things. There's no like, hey, let, let's talk through this. Let's have a conference where we battle these ideas and try to come to a conclusion. There's none of that. Yeah, it, it's it is you are you are evil. We're coming to attack you. And, and the problem is, is that this is an evil ideology. This is a yes. false religion. So, so what, 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 what unwitting pastors and theologians were doing without background in these areas, were saying, let's integrate this with Christianity. There are some ideas here that, that, that we, we can find some common ground with Christianity. So let's integrate these things in and make it something where we can, we can, we can show the world that, 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 that if, hey, hey, we hear you. And, and if you like us because we're embracing some of your stuff, then maybe you'll like Jesus too. And give us a shot it is yeah. it's 
completely antithetical to the Bible. It's, it, it does not trust the sovereignty of God. It does not trust in the power of the gospel to convert people. It's yes. like, let's have this little runway first. Hey, do you like us? Do you think we're great? Okay, okay, now now, now come here. And it, it, is, it has been destructive. And yeah. what, what's happened, though, is that God's people, like the larger evangelical leadership class, who was so afraid to say like this guy's bad and this guy this guy should be canceled and all of that the, the those people were like oh, i don't know relationship what should i do but the people in the in the in the pews the people yes. in the audience they knew they right. snapped it out quickly and went this is wrong i'm going to go to these pastors and i'm going to confront them and when those pastors blew them off as you're a trump supporter or you're a conservative or you're this or you're that you don't understand the third way of trying to get both sides together republicrats all that stuff you don't understand that and as a result of that those people went after 30 years of being in your church i'm going to leave now because you i never moved you moved you shifted and as a result of that, I, I would never come to this church anymore. I'm here now, but I'm leaving because you left me. And that, that's what we're seeing over and over and over again. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of courage to say that in 2022 when you think about uh, cancel culture, when you think about censorship. Uh, as a pastor who stands unapologetically on the Word of God, um, the politics oftentimes within the tribal groups of evangelicalism, you know, supersedes truth. You know, it's like I'll side with Arius, you know, because Arius is my friend. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm not going to go to the depths of understanding Christology, you know, friendship. Yeah, that trumps Christology. Right. And so it's it's just crazy. You know, I'll say this um, because I think parents who might be listening or students who might be listening, you also mentioned you know, uh, somebody, people in your church being homeschooled, you know, from, from the age of six, maybe to 18, and then they go off to college and they turn out, you know, that the, the college might indoctrinate them or whatever, and all of a sudden they're woke and they hate mom and dad and they're a mom and dad or white supremacist or whatever. This is a real challenge. I'll say, you know, this is all across the country, you know, um, at Liberty University, we stand unapologetically on the Word of God. We're a confessional institution. We hold to the Great Commission. Um, we, we, we stand on the authority of God's Word. Uh, if students come here, they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear it preached every week. And we make no apology, no exception for that. Regardless, you don't have to be a Christian to come to Liberty, but you're going to hear the gospel. Uh, and we're going to love every student. Um, but it, it is interesting when you think about woke institutions, secular institutions um, of higher learning, uh, where they have codified this, they have speech codes, and only that, but they are uh, basically put into uh, these classes uh, where they're learning unconscious bias or social emotional learning or whatever at the age of 18 or 19, they begin to deconstruct. What, what's your explanation for that, Pastor? Why is that happening? Wow, Ryan. So this is this is there, a lot of people aren't going to like my answer to this, but at the core of it, we have we have been living in about a forty year experiment in evangelicalism of doing church without the Bible. Mm. So we are confessionally sola scriptura the bible is the highest authority we're we're bible people we we teach the bible 
um, but we don't. We don't teach the Bible. We cherry pick. We um, we we use the Bible to talk about what we want to talk about rather than actually going through the text of scripture and saying, this is what God says. What we've said is Bible theology. Ah, the the lost, lost people don't want to hear that. We've got to meet them where they're at. And so let's use their felt needs as the draw and uh, to try to get them into church and keep them here. And what it's shown through study after study after study is that churches are full of non-Christians who think they're Christians. Yeah. Because we don't preach the gospel. We don't call people to repent of their sins and give their life to Jesus. We do this. We say, hey, if you're struggling and and you have, your life hasn't turned out the way that you want it to, hey, you know what? Instead of saying yes to all these other things, how about raise your hand and say yes to Jesus? Mm. That, is, that is not a, I'm hearing, I've heard that for years now, say yes to Jesus. And I'm going, is that a synonym for repentance? Is that a synonym for faith? It's not even close. And so we have a massive amount of people who think they're Christians, fill the church, serve, and are giving. And, and so these so we've got thousands of churches all over the country that are massive that do nothing when it comes to actually discipling people in the scriptures. So now you've got people that say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't think Jesus is God. I'm a Christian, but I don't think that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Why? Because their pastors thought it was super lame to teach the Bible and teach theology and disciple them in the Christian worldview super lame ministry to do that let's go shoot stuff let's go uh let, let's go uh, bake things let's go have a let's go call bible studies these like videos of other people it's just it's so it, we, it, it is just a pathetic excuse yeah. for church going on today and it's been going on for 40 years right I, yeah. I totally agree yeah every manner of of heresy can get into the church and people defend it like it's true christian people call themselves christians yeah and so yeah i, I know i'm fired up but it it, it makes me it, it i'm i'm just i i grew up in it i grew up seeing all of this and going this is not what my bible says this is this is not what 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 this is supposed to be what in the world is going on and now that i get to be a pastor it's like okay i'm not going to do that I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what the Bible tells me to do. And if that doesn't grow a church, if that doesn't help people, if that doesn't see people saved and sanctified, then I don't know what to do. I'm just yeah. gonna stick to the Bible. Yeah, I think I think that point is well said. Uh, when you think about what what has happened in so much of the broader sort of mainstream evangelicalism, it's this sort of easy beliefism and yeah. make a decision, make a decision. But what are they deciding? They don't know that they're a sinner. They don't even know what sin is. They don't know that there's a holy God to whom they have to give an account, but they just need to pray these words and repeat after me. And when they do that, it, they're completely transformed. There was nothing that took place. There was no spiritual anything that took place. There was no real uh, moment where they had a sincere um, uh, burden of their own sin and a recognition of, of who they are guilty before a holy God and fearful of that holy God. And then one, you know, to whom they have to give an account and they have to, they have to repent before him and ask for uh, forgiveness that only Christ can offer. Many people have not done that. Uh, simply, uh, they've, they've done the evangelical equivalent of praying a rosary, uh, which is just, you know, let's just do this 
and this will cover everything, but they don't even know what they've done. And I totally agree with the, the shallowness of Bible study these days. Oftentimes, they don't know how to conduct a Bible study. When, when it comes to reading the Bible, they don't even know what they're reading or where it's placed in the context of, of um, redemptive history. Uh, and, and how its ultimate fulfillment is found in Christ. And so oftentimes they're not reading their Bible, and then furthermore, they don't even know how to pray. It's a real challenge. And I'll just add to it, for uh, students, even on Christian campuses like Liberty University, the challenge too is, depending on where their education or church background might have been, some students are coming from churches and denominations that didn't really give them a solid introduction to biblical truth. So that becomes the, that becomes the hurdle. Uh, or if they were in uh, you know, a secular school, public school, or whatever, that becomes a challenge. And uh, notice I say challenge, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. It must be confronted. It's not impossible, but you have to recognize the obstacle that's before you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you have youth groups and churches even that are dominated by how big are we, how much money do we bring in versus um, true discipleship, getting people ready for real life and seeing things through the lens of a Christian worldview. We, we, we take the metrics of the world and impose it on the church and say, this is what's good and this is what's not. It's unfortunate. I mean, this is the world that we live in. And yet at the same time, what it's done is it's gutted Christianity of its power because it becomes just this emotional thing where I'm telling stories about these emotional moments and putting people on the screen that are crying and see how great this is, totally adopting the anti-intellectual tendencies of our culture Whereas this is a mind religion. This is this is it's in a book. It's not in a song. Christianity. It's 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 God gave us a book. Yeah. So not a picture, not a song, not a play. He gave us a book, which is intellectual, which is hard, which is completely against our 21st century culture. What a surprise. And so here we are saying, no, no, all of this, this heresy is getting into the church because the watchmen have stepped down They're They're, they're, they're out, you know, they're out smoking cigars and, and drinking bourbon. That, that's mm. what they're are watchmen. They're, they're not studying the theology. They're not out there screaming, this is heresy. They're not willing to put truth above relationship. So you put all of that together and it's like, no wonder all this heresy, no wonder the social justice movement is getting in here. No wonder prosperity movement has billions and billions of people connected to it all over the world. No wonder we, we we stopped thinking the Bible and theology really meant anything. Or we don't teach those things because they're lame, but we teach life change. Okay, that's great, but if there's, if it's life change without the gospel, then it's legalism. It's fruit stapling. It's, it's hey, it, here you go. Here, you're, you're a different person now. Great. It's like, did that come from Jesus? Well, we, you don't know. Yeah, well, of course, right. it, they're in a church. Really? So, 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 Pastor, thank, and by the way, thank you for, for coming on the Give Me Liberty podcast. I, I, but I do want to say as we wrap, and, and time goes so, so quickly, just a couple of, maybe one or two pointers. The book is called Stand, Christianity versus Social Justice. If somebody is listening right now and they think, oh my goodness, I might be 
in say a woke church, or there might even be a pastor or even a student who's listening. What is, give one or two uh, wisdom pointers of where they should go, what should they look to, maybe a passage of scripture to address some of these issues. Yeah, so what the book does is it takes the book of Galatians as the uh, paradigm to look at the social justice movement through. So even though I'm saying it, degree in philosophy, postmodernism, all that stuff, this is a very simple book to read. It is 91 pages, so it's, it's, it's super short. It takes me less than two hours to read the whole thing. And so, so when it comes, so, so that, so Galatians really, in my mind, is the lens to, to evaluate the whole thing through. So that's what the book does. And then at the end of the book is about 20 pages of recommended resources. Mm -hmm. So for people that want to go deeper into the three areas of social justice, which is race, gender, and sexual preference, you want to go deeper into those ideas, into those things. I've got books and I've got videos that people can go look at that all all in that resource section so that the people can go deeper in this and with with titles and everything so hey this is what I'm, I'm i'm seeing what should i look for hey here's a whole section 20 books on that that critique the racial uh, section of social justice or the, the the feminist section of social justice or the lgbt section like like here are a bunch of great books resources that can help with that yeah very, very good. Name of the book, Stand, Christianity versus Social Justice. Pastor John Benzinger, thank you so much for joining the Give Me Liberty podcast. Folks, stick around for final thoughts. Hey, thank you for watching the Give Me Liberty podcast and the interview with John Benzinger, super important. I would highly encourage you to go check out the book, Stand, Christianity versus Social Justice. One of the most important things is we were getting into the conversation about the presentation of the gospel. The gospel is a very simple presentation, but we've oftentimes cheapened it. We've oftentimes gone right to a formulaic response say these things, do this, do that, okay, now you're in the family of God. When the reality is every person must come to terms with who they are as a sinner broken before a holy God. They have to come to that real understanding. Uh, one, of the, one of my favorite pastors to listen to is Paul Washer, talks a lot about that very thing, how we have oftentimes cheapened the gospel. Dietrich Bonhoeffer called it cheap grace. It's grace without repentance. Uh, people have been offered salvation and they don't even know what it is all about because no one has actually taken them through the scriptures. But also when it comes to the social justice movement, it's super, super important to understand that this is no small trifle thing. This is not some little marketing scheme that we can bring into the church and say, oh, we'll start promoting that in order to get more people in the pew. Churches that have gone woke have also gone broke. It's true. Watch the trends. Churches that trend that way and go liberal, those pews spill out. Why? Because the world doesn't want what they have to offer. At the end of the day, if the church is going to be like the world, there's no reason for the world to come to faith in Christ. So, really great conversation. Hope you guys will pick up that book. Thank you for tuning in to the Give Me Liberty podcast. And until next time, God bless you.